Morning. So I found out this week that the only thing more ADD in Chicago than me is the weather. So, because it's supposed to snow tomorrow. Funny thing about that. Uh, so as we're finishing up the basement and putting all the final touches on that, uh, one of the things that was, was yet to be accomplished was the air conditioning coils. Um, so my apologies. Uh, that rests on my shoulders, and I'm sorry about that. So thankfully, oh, thankfully we have things called fans, and that's wonderful. So um, please bear with us. Next week will be much cooler in here. Actually, probably have a foot of snow on the ground, right? <laughs> but um, that's what's going on. So uh, my apologies, and uh, we'll do the best with that. Jimmy and I uh, used to work at a church where, uh, in, in Atlanta, a.k.a. Hotlanta, where, where they neglected to install air conditioning, which means um, it's hot, kids passing out, not from getting hit with a spirit, just passing out. And uh, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. You, you would, we'd give out free water and ice. It was, it was just bad. It was just bad sometimes. Um, but we, we navigated that storm. So just be thankful you're not in Atlanta at the moment. And uh, you're not going to pass out. This is actually kind of comfortable. I love the sen- sensation of being warm right now. Right? So all my fingers, there's no blue fingers right now. And uh, they call me a sissy because back in, in my office, my office is the worst insulated thing in this whole uh, this place. And so my office is always, always cold, except today. But actually, it's probably the coolest place in, in here. But it is always cool. And they're like, well, Pastor Eric never complained about it being cold down there. So I went up to Pastor Eric. I said, Pastor Eric. I mean, they're always yelling at me because they're like, well, Pastor Eric never whined. And Pastor Eric never did this. He goes, Jared, I had a space heater on all the time under the desk. They just never saw it. I was like, ah, thank you for detailing my secret, his secrets. He, was, he swore me to secrecy, and I have told promptly everybody about that. Because that's how that goes. I am so excited about today. Uh, also, uh, one more thing before we get rocking and rolling here. Uh, we have had a bunch of new kids uh, show up in the back. This is a fabulous problem. This is, yes. This is wonderful, and we're having a bunch of visitors come here, and Easter's going to be the same way. So I just want to remind everybody, we have a tag system in place. It's a check-in system where it's the same tag, Velcro to both sides. One goes on your, your belt. The other goes on the back of your kid so they can't grab it and uh, chase themselves around with that. And then the person that comes with the tag is the only person allowed to pick up that kid. So uh, just for everybody's security and safety and the way we go forward here, Please make sure you have that tag and you're following those, those rules uh, just for the security of our kids and security for all the kids. Um, just, I'm, I'm so excited we have that. Those tags also offer this opportunity. There's a little code on there. If your kid's having a problem, we can put that code up on the screen back here. And it's kind of more, uh, it's not coming in. Hey, hey you, your kid's throwing a royal fit. <laughs> right? So it's a little more innocuous than that. And it could be some, I don't, it could be a good thing. We want to call you out to say, you know, your child's been perfect today. That, that, that might also happen, right? So uh, I don't know. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be fun to get a call? Oh, what's going on? I just want to let you know your kid's a rock star today. Go back to church. Get some Jesus. Go on. 
We're going to institute that. That is coming. That, was, that idea just came right now. It must be the Holy Spirit anointing right now in this moment, right? All right. God, thank you so much for today, for today, and thank you for the wonderful weather. Thank you for the sunshine breaking through the clouds. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we, uh, we just are so in awe of the cross this morning. We are in awe of how you came and you died for us, for all of our junk, for all of our messes, for all of the stupid things that we do, that you came and delivered us from that, that you offer that to us. And God, right now, I ask for your anointing on my lips that you would hide me in the shadow of the cross. That everything that is said here is glorifying your name. God, as we approach this most serious of subjects, that of the cross, that we open up our minds, that we don't let Satan take away our attention with fans and heat, with all the things of the world, God, I just rebuke all of that, that we can, that we can come in contact with you, that we can focus single-mindedly on what's going on here in this room, what, on your presence. God, we love you. We praise your name. Amen. All right. So I know it's Palm Sunday, so we're going to talk about the cross. I have my days mixed up, right? That's supposed to be Good Friday. But uh, we've been taking a very slow look at Easter. Easter is incredibly important. And uh, we kind of rush through it sometimes, I feel like. And so we've taken uh, the last few weeks just to kind of go day by day, event by event on what is going on here in the Easter uh, narrative in this week. So we're actually to the cross now. And uh, so if you're expecting palm branches this morning, I apologize that was like five weeks ago. You missed the boat, right? So we, uh, we're doing the cross today. And the cross really centers on this one word, this one idea. It's called redemption. And we're going to explore what redemption is and what redemption means today. <clears throat> the cross is one of these things that as a person who grew up in church, I'm really just admitting it to you, taking it for granted, taking the cross for, for granted because every week, every Bible study, every VBS, everything that you go, go to, we just, we talk about the cross, Jesus died for your sins and blah, 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 blah. And that's when you tune out because you're like, I'm good. I'm a Christian. I don't have to listen to this anymore. Well, I've been doing that since the age of six. And so if I'm just completely honest, I've taken the cross for granted. And I, I thought if I'm taking the cross for granted, I bet there's people out here that kind of that take the cross for granted. Uh, if you became a Christian later in life, you have a different outlook on the cross and on what Christ did for you, different than someone who, who's been a, a Christian for a long, long, long time. Perry's great at this. Perry, Perry became a Christian when he was an adult. We'll be having a conversation, and he just kind of, he doesn't know this, but he like theologically smacks me in the face. Because grace is so apparent, so real, so, so tangible to him, that it was something where I was this and now I'm this. And so the cross and this grace and this redemption has a very real meaning and very real point of time and a very real thing where my marriage was this and now it's this. My kids were this and now it's this. My heart was this and I was this. I was addicted to this and now it's this. But for those of us who've been in the church for a long time, we kind of like, well, I went to church and then I went to church and then I went to church and then I went to church some more and then I went to church again and and we went to church again, right? And so 
last night, I'm preparing uh, for the message, and God just radically says, Jared, it's time for you to get a better understanding of what this means. Folks, I do this a lot. You guys, Jared only writes his message on Saturday night. No, I prepare a long time in advance. It's just Jesus says, now you get out of the way, and I'll take care of it on Saturday night. So he smacks me in the head. Um, Kelly was laughing at me last night. I'm on the couch bouncing up and down because I was so excited about what God was revealing to me uh, through the scripture and through uh, what redemption is. Redemption means this. Redemption is the process in which things are paid for. It's just the process in which things are paid for. You redeem a coupon. You redeem a gift card. You redeem things. You, you buy it, right? That's, and for us, it's okay. Redemption, the cross means that. He paid for my sins. And we kind of go through that rote exercise sometimes. And if that's you this morning, I, I just want to take a time to pray and to stop and say, God, I, I want to I come at this with fresh eyes. Because the Palm Sunday, the Easter, the Christers, if I heard, heard that this week, I thought that was really, really interesting. This is, the only t- if you, this is the only time you come to church. Sometimes you hear, like, man, that pastor preaches the same message every single time, every week. I just want to pray, and if you've been coming for 50 years and never missed a Sunday, I want to pray the same prayer for us. So join me in this. God, just open our eyes to things new that we can revisit and fall in love with you all over again, maybe for the first time. God, that you would, you would show us the deeper things, that you would show us who you are, what you are. Reveal to us just, just a, a little bit of your glory this morning. God, I pray that you would change all of our hearts this morning, that we would, when we walk out these doors, something happened, something changed, something is different. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, the cross is about redeeming, ransoming, and restoring our lives into what God always intended. The cross is about redeeming, ransoming, and restoring our lives into what God always intended. That's what the cross is fundamentally about. And these different actions, they're they're pretty close to each other, but they're all out of this idea of redeeming. We're going to explore that a little bit more today. First, we're going to take a look at what redemption is. So we redeem things with coupons, we redeem things uh, with, with cards, and we we, we kind of take that for granted sometimes, I think. And we have a, a, our worldly view of what redemption is gets to be very cheap. And the biblical view of redemption is anything but cheap. The biblical view of redemption actually is to pay more for what something is valued. That's different, right? Because when I think about redemption, I was talking to Pastor Kevin this morning, our youth pastor, earlier this week. He bought something that I had, and I said, why in the world would you buy that? I would have just let you borrow it, give it to you. You know, this is no big deal. Why why would you do that? And he goes, oh, it was no big deal. It was off a gift card, right? When it's a gift card, we redeem the gift card, it's of less value to us. For some reason, it's fake money. It's fake value. And a coupon's the same way. If you pay big, uh, get this big thing, but you're like, oh, I got a coupon. I got a BOGO, baby. Woo, buy one, get one. When you, when you have that happen, it kind of lessens the value of that item to us. 
It's, I don't know, it's just the way in which we work. But redemption in the biblical sense is redeeming is actually to pay more for something than it's worth. It's like maybe 15% more, but it was significantly more. The process developed around this behind um, clean and unclean animals. Say you had a donkey, and you only have one donkey. Well, if you're wanting to plow a field, a donkey is a very important piece of equipment, is it not? Right? You can't hook a plow to a sheep. It's <laughs> not going to work very well. So you have a donkey, and you have this donkey. You have, it's, it's, it's a great donkey, but it's your one and only donkey. Problem is, you're supposed to do this. You're, you're going, okay, how do I not? Mm, i got to do something with this donkey. And so you need to buy back that donkey. Instead of killing it, instead of getting rid of it, you have to do something for that donkey. So you redeem that donkey. So you go to the priest and say, I'm redeeming this donkey. Here is these sheep, or here is this money that is over and above the value of the donkey. Does that make sense? That's drastically different than a BOGO. That's actually, it's a buy two, get one, right? It's the, it's the reverse of it. And that's the biblical way of redemption, the biblical way of this. And so just starting to think through that goes, okay, this whole idea of spiritual redemption, it's deeper than I, than I think it is. Because I just kind of, I got this cheap grace thing going on in my head. It's easy. I, I, you know, it was so easy to accept Christ as my Lord that it's, it's got to be, it's got to be easy. It's got to be cheap. It's got to be, you know, whatever it is. But no, 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 no. The redemption is, is valued more than what even my life is. I think that's, uh, that's an amazing point that just God put on my heart last night. Christ's redemption on the cross is about paying more than enough for any sin that we have committed, are committing, and will ever commit. He is more than enough, extravagantly enough. See, we look at Christ's grace as a, as a kind of a I need it now type thing. And Christ's blood on the cross is only for this time period and this moment and this thing. But Christ's blood on the cross is for all of humanity's past sins, for all of humanity's present sins, and all of humanity's future's sins. It's more than enough for all that. It's not just, oh, for this time period and for this person and for this select group. It is for all and all and all. It is more than enough. The cross is about ransoming. Another way to look at redemption is about paying the ransom note on your soul. Now, this is, this is interesting. That it's paying the ransom note for your soul. When sin enters our lives, Romans 3.23, verse 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That redemption comes at the cross. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Abigail is here this morning. Abigail is our newest member here at the church. I got to see her this week. She's so beautiful. Abigail is, is just a tiny little thing, and she opens her eyes, and she looks at me because we got a connection already. And uh, we're, we're there, and I'm at the hospital and looking at her, and, oh, you're so beautiful, and just praying for her and thinking about her and all the future that she has. 
Abigail's going to sin. Abigail's going to steal her cousin's toys. Abigail's going to talk back to her mama once. Abigail's going to... <laughs> Abigail's going to have all kinds of issues that happen, but Abigail's just so perfect right now. But something will happen, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And when that falling happens, it is as if we have been taken, kidnapped, taken hostage by Satan. And Jesus' death on the cross is paying the ransom note for that. It is as our spiritual daddy says, no, 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 no. Have you ever seen the movie Ransom? Good movie, good times. That dad will not do, stop at nothing to get his daughter back. Just as our heavenly father will stop at nothing and has stopped at nothing to get his daughters and his sons back. He pays the ransom on the cross. Third thing is Christ restores us in this redemption. We're addicted to the show uh, Rehab Addict at my house. Um, we are watching it all the time. And if you, it's a DIY show, but if you catch it right, it's on uh, one of the, House Hunters isn't on and that one's on. They only have two shows, DIY and, uh, and I don't know, HDTV, that's what it is. It's on there all the time. We DVR it. We just watch this, this crazy girl who runs out of gas in about every single episode. <laughs> Rehab old junky houses. I mean, these houses are on the condemned list. You walk in there, there's, there's paraphernalia, there's drug stuff all over the place. There's, uh, it's a death trap waiting to happen. And she stops at nothing to make old, junky, broken down, useless stuff useful and beautiful again. The cross is about that with our lives. It takes junky, messed up, doesn't matter what kind of situation we are in, and makes us beautiful and restores us to our original purpose. The girl on Rehab Addict, she does it all the time. She's so mad. If they tear out original woodwork, she's like, mm, coming at them with a nail gun. She is feisty with that. She is determined with, no, this is the original purpose of this house. I don't care if it's been half burned down. I will restore it to its original glory, original paint, original everything, how it would have looked when it was made. God is 10 times, 100 times, eternally times, affinity times, more dedicated to restoring you to your original purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are created with an original intent. We are thought out. There's a process behind us. When we are knit together in our mother's womb, we are, we are created in that. God says, I've got a plan for you, something set apart for you, something just perfectly planned and orchestrated for you. And we mess it up. And sin takes us away from that. And our fallenness mars that, just like those houses. Life happens. People paint over beautiful hardwood floors for no apparent reason. 
There's graffiti on plaster. And if we look at our own lives, there's, there's stuff in here that we've taken from our, the original intent. And that's not what our body was supposed to be used for. And that's not where our mind should be going. And that's not where we should be spending our, our moments and our efforts. We've gotten away from our original intent, from being created in Christ's workmanship. And God sets out through the redemptive process to restore us. <clears throat> I want to go even deeper into this restoring idea and going back into the sacrifice motif, this, this idea of what that looks like, and how that me is important, and how that can change us and, and change even the way in which we look at it. So if you want to get deep now, because I haven't been deep before, but if you want to get deeper, just hold on a little bit. I know it's warm, so you're getting like sleepy, so stop yawning and come into me, all right? Every firstborn male whether human or animal, belonged to Yahweh, and hence was to be offered to Yahweh. The firstborn males of ritually clean animals were sacrificed, while firstborn unclean animals were redeemed. The firstborn clean animals are offered to God, are sacrificed, where the firstborn unclean animals are redeemed. Going back to my donkey illustration, right? The donkey being the firstborn, it was a firstborn donkey, it needs to be redeemed so we can get its usefulness out of it. What pays for the unclean is a clean, spotless, perfect animal. What pays for the clean is a perfect animal. Exodus 13, 13 says, Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. And there's verse after verse after verse after verse in Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus on how this works, on how the redemptive process works for uh, just general farm animals and, and all kinds of things like that. But this system in which God imparts in Exodus is the system, the sacrificial system in which he, he brings down to Moses and says, this is how my people should have relationship with me, is the same system in which he acts at the cross. The firstborn of all creation, the firstborn, the blameless, the perfect lamb of God, the only clean thing ever created is the one who is sacrificed to ransom the unclean. Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Therefore remember that you formerly... That formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in body and human hands, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This system, God has ransomed us, God has redeemed us. And it, that just blew my brain. Was it something I've known my whole life, but I didn't know it my whole life. 
And I want to urge you all to, to really kind of connect with that. Ponder it. Reflect on it. Think about it. How does that work for us? Christ's redemptive act as the firstborn of all creation. As the firstborn of all creation. The only clean thing ever made. Buying us and redeeming us and ransoming us. All the unclean that we've ever been through. The cross is where God says, I love my people too much to let them die. So my son will go die in their place. What is my response to this? What do I do with this information? I want to reflect. I want to reflect on what God has done. It's Easter week. It's a wonderful time to reflect on what Christ has done in our lives. We should think about this perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Anytime maybe you use a coupon this week, I want you to think, I should be paying double. That I should be paying double in this. Because often I get misconstrued in what a coupon is. I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to, you know, even in the, uh, the pe- pe- go, ugh. Got no words. It didn't happen. Sometimes in Georgia, this is real, real, real popular for the preachers to talk about. I'm trying to talk about uh, undeserved grace. So you go in the par- you go in the drive-through at McDonald's and you'd say, "I want to pay for the car behind me," and then there'd be news stories of how this would go on for like ten or fifteen uh, cars. Well, that's that's cute and nice, except that's not what grace is. like. That's a that's that's the that's the itsy bitsy grace, right? What would be more appropriate is somebody walked in like, okay. Here's a million dollars, and I want to buy everybody's food for the next, you know, month. Or actually, what Christ does is says, hey, put it on my tab. Whoever eats here forever is bought. But what if they want 30 Big Macs? It's bought. What if they just want a single fry? It's bought. Does that, does that make sense? That, but I think of, oh, I'm just buying the car behind me. No, no, no. I don't want to live a drive through grace. I serve a God who redeemed me, restores me, reclaims me, and all the other re-words out there. He buys the whole thing. I want us to dream. When he restores us to our original intent, I want us to dream about what that can look like in our life again. Because here's the deal. We live in a place where like, oh, I got forgiven of my sins. I'm good. I'm clean again but we don't dare to step into our original intent. We're scared to say, okay, oh, that's too hard. We're scared to put away all the habits that we've picked on and all the very things that we've picked up and all the things that we're doing that keeps us from from stepping into our restored life. I want to dream this week about what life could be like, what we should be doing. How do we operate out of that? I want to dream this week in that. Maybe your response this week is to ask. To ask God to redeem you. Maybe you find yourself knee deep in your own filth. Maybe you find yourself in a charade where you act one way and you know it's not real.
Maybe you find yourself far away from God and just wanting to get back or get to in the first place. Maybe you find yourself like, there's got to be more out there for me. Today, I just want to ask you to open up your heart, open up your head. Say, God, redeem me, restore me, remake me. This morning is a morning in which we can do that. As a band comes forward, I'm going to pray. God, um, there's people here in this, in this room right now that need to rededicate their lives to you. They need to step into grace, step into redemption, maybe for the first time. There's people in this room right now that need to step into that. Their heart is burdened. Their heart is overflowing. They know that something has got to change in life. And God, we ask you to to meet us there. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that the, the blood just doesn't clean us. It purifies us. It remakes us. It changes us. It doesn't just wash us as white as snow. It changes us on a molecular level. God, I thank you that redemption and the cross is bigger than I've ever known. I thank you that the cross is more significant than I've ever known. I thank you for that you don't give up on me getting to know you better. God, right now to the people in this audience that need to give their lives to you, that they need to take that step of faith. They need to say, God, I want to be reclaimed. I want to be redeemed. I need to be ransomed from the junk that I'm in. God, find me. Lord, right now, I just, I just pray that those, those people give their hearts to you and just follow me in the simple prayer. Lord, take my life and redeem it. Lord, take my life and ransom it. Lord, take my life and restore it. God, I'm on a road that I don't know where it's going, but I want to be on that road with you. Lord, please forgive me of my sins and redeem me. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen.